Hello, and welcome back to Fox Popcast, the weekly pseudo-academic roundtable of pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with my co-host, Katya Garecki. Hey, Katya, how's it going? I haven't seen you since Thanksgiving, I think. I forget to do track. Okay, first of all, time on the contract to begin with. I'm post-COVID, especially on contracts, and then especially when you work from home and basically I have the option to never <laughs> leave my house. Time is extra super duper a contract. As far as I'm concerned, do I exist in linear time anymore? I don't know. What does that even mean? Hi. I know. It's great when you're like, oh, is it December? Is it March? I don't know. I, I think it's also like, this is the weird thing about no longer being an academic, is like, I feel like I was much more aware of seasons as an academic yes. because like there are seasonal shifts in academia and what right. you're doing. It is currently as we recorded is final season. So I actually know when I am because like I'm literally in the midst of a lot of work as my students oh can you read this paper before I turn it in? I was like yes of course I can. Right. Well, this one? And so I'm in that crunch. So yes. And like I get like secondhand that because like I'm in an industry that's like attached to education in mm-hmm. to some extent and so like I get some of that seasonality but not actually just more in a way of like oh no it is now more difficult to do my job because teachers do don't have time to talk to me. Mm. <laughs> it's like fair oh, enough, but also I'm a teacher. I talk to you like every day. Yeah, you're different. not you're not using my stuff. That's true. I'm not a client. I'm actually just a friend. So yeah, yes. <laughs> so I guess I mean we start every show. Weird topic today. Is this a weird topic? This is one of those things where and I mean, this it's is definitely a viral topic that all of I mean yeah. okay. I knew we were going to do an episode on this before we even talked about it because I was like this is hitting many of our special interests. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> and it's topical when people are on the internet are freaking out about it and yes. like i think the freak out is interesting some of it is valid some of it is i mean like i uh, basically we're talking about the proliferation of ai bot situations uh-huh. that are more sophisticated than most people have seen previously right right um panic has kind of ensued uh-huh. and i kind of get that mass panic i sympathize with a lot of it and then like some of it i think is not misplaced and then some of mm-hmm. it i think is like well we already had that problem this is just a new scale of that problem or a yes. different flavor of that problem. Uh, That's what I mean. It's not an issue. It's just we have precedent. So there's a weird thing that happens on the internet. We've talked about this briefly on the show before, and it's one of those weird things that like comes up when your job is literally being a pop culture scholar. Like I sit around and I look for things that are popular to talk about, right? And like some of them I'm an expert on, some of them I have to go and find an expert to learn stuff from. But like my job is looking at things that are popular, particularly now where I work now at Pitt, where it's like it's specifically popular and on the internet. That's like literally my career now, right? And the weird thing about that is when something happens like suddenly because it's popular everyone has an opinion on it that's good everyone has a you know a humanities-esque opinion on it even if they don't realize it also good but everyone thinks they're an expert because they read some meme somewhere and often everyone can have an opinion not all opinions are equally well informed right so but like (laughs) i don't think that the panic's like necessarily out of i think it's misdirected not wrong so i think that's a fair way of summarizing it but we will get into that with the existence of Yes, exactly. So I'm um, doing jazz hands because I'm fully doing jazz hands at my desk right now. That'd be awesome. Like, yeah, um, I mean, I guess we're radio. So listener, please just do jazz hands (laughs) wherever you are. If you're on the subway, bus. Oh, God. I I should like use your little avatar that we use for our video episodes and like just put jazz hands on it. (laughs) If you do jazz hands in public, I want pictures of it. And I don't know what you win a prize. I don't know what that prize is. Probably just means we send you a dumb gift in response. The AI to create a picture of Katya with jazz hands. That would be amazing given the topic. I, I refuse to upload my image onto any of these for privacy reasons. So but, yes. Okay. So here we go. Asking what a Katya looks like. We did this in D and it decided that I was a 45 year old Russian man. So, okay. So yes, we're talking about this AI thing, the AI art thing. And so we have a couple of, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say industry experts. We had so much feedback on this. So who we ended up choosing for the episode today, I'm going to go, I'm going to introduce Jamie first, Jamie Curcio. Hey, Jamie. How you doing? So, doing the show. so, yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining us. So, you are an artist yep. who has um, done stuff in this space. I mean, I'm an artist. I worked in startup like kind of early on in my quote unquote career, background in mm-hmm. philosophy and in art. And yeah, I mean, I've been working with technology pretty much as, you know, for a while. I mean, AI is more, but, you know, I mean, like early on, I was, you know, with a pencil and collaging on two different kind of separate processes. And then when Photoshop came out, those processes started to come closer mm-hmm. and closer together. And, it, you know, started there and it's gone. So, Jamie, I met because when this controversy, started and wow it's only been like a week and a half and 
it feels like forever, right? When people have been like going over this, oh my God, Lenza is going to ruin the world, blah, 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 blah. And here's what's going on. And here's how you know it's theft and blah, 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 blah. And I saw a mutual friend of ours post a meme that I'd seen. And I had been answering the meme various places, basically saying the same thing. It's like, no, the thing that you're saying, this is not how it works. And I went to go give my standard answer of here's what's wrong with this meme of, and if you've ever argued with me on the internet, you know that my a standard Mav answer can be like a thousand words, just like off the top of my head. And then I copy and paste it like everywhere. And I went to go do that. And then Jamie had already done it. You and should. I was just like, I was like, oh, perfect. Want to be on the show? <laughs> so, yeah. so welcome. And our, our mutual friend actually I just finished a graphic novel with him. So it's a oh, yeah. Welcome. Awesome. This is how we recruit people. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just, we will find you mm-hmm. if you don't find us. Yes. Awesome. So anyway, so that's how I met Jamie. And then we also have Seth Plansky. Hey, Seth. Hola, friends. How's everybody doing? <laughs> so you got here a little differently. So when I, we announced the topic of the show, a different mutual friend said, hey, I know an IP lawyer who cares about this stuff. Want me to call him? And I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> Is that accurate? <laughs> That's pretty accurate. I, I spent a lot of time arguing with idiots online about what this stuff is and it's not. So, and you know, more time than I actually should because, you know, I should not feed the trolls, but I do sometimes. Hard not to sometimes. It really is. I I found that in general, when your job is doing things for pay that are also popular on the internet, you end up accidentally sort of doing your job for free a lot. (laughs) And you do it for free for people who don't appreciate and have no idea that you're actually trying to help them. And you also qualified in a way that they are not. (laughs) And you're feeding the machine language like algorithms that are driving the traffic to AI. Absolutely. So, so yeah, if you care about the intersection of AI and artwork, this has been a fucking weird two weeks, hasn't it? (laughs) Yeah. I gotta tell you, it's been exponentially exploding over the last couple of weeks. Lenza did it. I mean, we all know. Lenza Lenza made this go nutso. It's kind of ironic. In terms of like what it can do, it's kind of the smallest offering of like recent AI. Yeah. This is the least interesting thing. It's for anyone who is, it's, it's just in case someone has managed to be under a rock for the last month or so and is emerging. Does someone want to recap where what happened the last several weeks? <laughs> what happened was not it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah Mav, go. Okay, all right. So <laughs> the very simplest portion is for Linza, which is not the beginning of this. Uh, Linza is an app. It's a photo editing app that is as moderately popular as any other of the bajillion photo editing apps that are on iPhones and Android phones. And people had been using it. And then they tap into this technology, freely available technology. You can download it today. Some of us might have done so already called Stable Diffusion. And Stable Diffusion is an AI learning bot that can process artwork. And Linza said, hey, what if we tied this to our self-portrait software? So what you'll do is toss in some photo of yourself or actually 15 photos of yourself. And then you will pay us $4 and then we will query the bot and have the bot create 50 artistic photos of you. And because it's the internet and they got lucky and sometimes things go viral because, you know, like if something makes a neat meme, everybody does it, you know, like an ice bucket challenge kind of thing. Linza made a shit ton of money because people were like, yes, I too would like 50 photos of myself. Here's my $4. $4 was a reasonable price. And so the internet was flooded with these. And then we had a whole bunch of people saying, no, don't do this because what this is, this is theft from the artist who Linza has stolen from in order to make this database and therefore you there's a lot to unpack in that one statement and as soon as they said that I'm like okay so that's the show like that was literally when I saw people answering that it's like we're doing a show on this and to be fair Katya and I have discussed doing this sort of thing before back when Mid Journey was popular yeah. two months ago but Mid Journey did not hit the level of popularity that this did it became I mean they got a they got they did a little something when John Oliver did a show about them you know and I, I, so it's yeah it was also different and I find this fascinating as somebody who has spent some time studying why we panic about media because casual reminder hi we do this every time a new media thing yes. changes every the, the we did this with the Gutenberg printing press so, and the novel yes <laughs> frankly the panic is normal that doesn't mean it's not warranted in certain mm-hmm. cases but it's normal this is what new. we do with people like, years, panic, yes. panic is fun mm-hmm. for us I guess but like that's what and that was that's also like slightly different is there's been more not to say there weren't critiques and like some like anxiety with like previous releases of AIs but like 
for some reason, like this one hit harder. And I have some ideas about why that might be. But I think actually unpacking that sentence, yes. of like what exactly the bot is doing and the implications, mm-hmm. I think is where we need to start. Because I think like there's a lot of misinformation. And that was one of the things actually even researching this show as somebody who is like, I'm not an AI. I used to work for an AI company, but I'm not an AI expert. Um, like, well, even as somebody but, who's like a media person, sifting well, through and figuring out what actually on. is going on is challenging. But Katya, don't just let that go because what you're getting at is like when you say you worked in AI, people train AIs and that's important. And like that's sort yeah. of you are. It's not we need to talk about what the bots are actually doing because there are different levels of what a bot can do. And you can I mean, very trivially, the way we record this show is that we have a bot that sits on our Discord server and records us talking. It yeah. is not an AI and in any and reasonable amount of thought, it just knows to respond to a couple of commands that I give it like it's actually useful to useful to probably draw a distinction between those two things and it's not really a binary it's more of a spectrum of how sophisticated technology is but like at the what i would call the dumb end of ai is actually humans masquerading as ai that's actually not an uncommon practice there's an article that i see we'll see if i can find published by microsoft researcher that actually lots of consumer facing quote-unquote ais Mm -hmm. are actually basically phone like what's the word for it yeah call centers like Mm -hmm. rebranded but that they give a common like voice and persona to so that you think you're always talking to a bot or the same person mm-hmm. so that's like one end of the spectrum where it's not really a bot at all in the middle you kind of have like very sophisticated copy paste well very sophisticated <laughs> copy paste where like you put in common qu- you put in like i have a question about this thing and you get back it's a common enough question with a common enough answer that it basically spit back what it what they what it's been told to spit back in mm-hmm. response to that. ai like when we're actually talking about ai you're talking about something where you're feeding information whatever that mm-hmm. might be so in the case of like lenza it's a bunch of images in the case mm-hmm. of a chatbot feeding you back text it's a bunch of text mm-hmm. like so an ai is taking a usually massive data database of whatever information is relevant to the whatever it's supposed to be doing and it is quote unquote learning although i think i think the part of the problem of talking about ai is that we apply a lot of very like human-centric language to what it's doing mm-hmm. in a way that's very confusing like an ai is not we were like and this is i actually had experience with this on friday with somebody who's an artist we were debating this and he was like this ai is creative and it, like it depends on what you mean by creativity because mm-hmm. what it's doing is not what necessarily what a person would be doing even if you could argue it is doing something quote unquote creative but that's like a different part of the episode but when we say it's like only doing what bot- it's been programmed to do yeah. well, it's, right. it's, it's based on the deep structure of language so it's actually kind of I mean it's not something that humans do so it's hard for us to have a model for that but. and that's the thing is when we say that like when we call things like AI quote unquote machine learning that has a very specific like that doesn't that, like I think what a lot of people in the sort of wider audience of this don't understand machine learning is a specific thing it's not the general use of the term learning and that's true of a lot of things in AI and technology general like the terms that we use that sound like the typical English language whatever actually have specified technical meaning we do this in the humanities too mm-hmm. yep. in context it actually means something slightly different than you would use it in its, its jargon even though right. it sounds like it isn't and that can make this entire discourse especially when you have people that are in a professional context talking with people who aren't in that professional context it can make the conversation I think very confusing very quickly for my world is you know as soon as you start talking about the database and the training that that's where i jump in and i and you know people in the legal again, world you're lo- you're in, the copyright, yeah, yeah. in the copyright world in the intellectual property world start perking their eyebrows up saying how does it do that explain that to me again <laughs> but that's important like you're actually you're at least asking right. the question you're saying how does it do that like that's not just you're not just saying oh okay totally it's done this so clearly which i think is where the <laughs> which is i think where the internet sort of jumps to and i know that yeah, it's the training in the database that are really the issues for the legal and for me anyway mm-hmm. keep going i was just gonna say, i was gonna say i think it's important also to say there's even saying AI like we're still talking about a task specific program or is it like artificial general intelligence is what a lot of people are thinking of when they hear AI and they're like hello yeah. Dave you know and so that also <laughs> conversation too. like on top of it we're like oh it knows what I'm saying it's responding to me what it's saying back to me is actually there's a there you know mm-hmm. there's yeah. the illusion of intelligence is much easier to yes. replicate than right. intelligence so, especially because like this is I forget the term for it I wish Wayne were here because he totally does there's like a term for like in psychology we like to ascribe human qualities to yeah, we personify things. things. Uh, we are actually, yeah. yeah. Well, and there's a specific psychological term for like the idea that we are primed to do that. Yeah. yeah. In a way that other, even the, in, in a way that at least, at least in theory, other species are not. We actually evolved that way. Yes. Uh, the guy, who is it? If he's from Microsoft or Facebook or something, the guy actually That's, thought the AI was alive. What was that? I was going to bring it up. Yeah. We, yeah. We, yeah. We, 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 almost yeah. we almost did a show on that where the guy was like, oh, we need to shut, the, we need to not shut this off because the AI is alive. And it's like, no, this isn't even an AI. 
right. You're just talking to a chat bot, but it's achieved sentience. It's like, no, this is the entire point is it's a Turing test. The entire point is it's supposed to fool you. It is right. no more alive than the Siri in your phone is. Like, what and, is- they, I, and I think also like we like to believe as humans that we are much, and I say, try to say this in the least judgmental way possible. As people, I think we like to think that we are much less gullible than we actually are. But yes. like, oh, no, we're dumb. Looking, we're, as human beings, we are absolutely dumb. You can go, oh, like, we yeah. are. We like pretend that we're not. And so like, and that's the thing. So it's like, and like, frankly, there is a lot of like, there is a lot of tech design that is basically about you, like using that sometimes for positive purposes. Positive purposes. <laughs> Hi, welcome to every thought I've ever had about social media. Sorry, for our guests, there's an ongoing joke that I am a media, me, internet and media theorist that refuses to be on the internet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'll come up at the end of the show. Well, okay, so this seems like we're, I mean, it, it weirdly seems like we're not talking about the art part, but we are. And this is what, this is why it's fascinating because to the four of us, the issues with the AI are sort of what's interesting because we're actually talking about how much is this really quote unquote learning, right? Like when we say machine learning, that's the interesting part of this technology. The problem is all the memes that where you see people are going, this is art theft. I mean, like the, we need to understand how AIs work. And I mean, I mean, lower should case we, AIs. Should we talk about the fusion model? Yes, right. Because so, so I should just start with the most popular of the memes that went around this. Somebody has been posting this thing of do not use lenses app, app, magic avatar generator. It uses stable diffusion and AI art model, blah, blah, blah. And this is art theft because the people who wrote this meme believe that it's not real art because what's happened is somebody has taken all the pictures on the internet, put them into a database, and then is just cutting them up to make your picture. That's not okay. So that's first off. And they're like, and that's not real art. And it's like, so, okay, so two issues. First off, that is real art. It's called collage. It is a tried and true method of like I went to art school. It's something that you learn to do. It's a very important and very difficult style of art, but also that's not what the computer's doing. Well, it's <laughs> also fraught with danger, right? Yes. <laughs> that's fair use. And guess what? Fair use, every instance of fair use is a genuine question of law. Even mm-hmm. if you have an airtight case saying, yes, I have an exception to their IP. I can do this. It is fair use. They, Whoever they are can still sue you, make you come into court and explain to the court yes. why you have right. this right to do right. this. And mm-hmm. it's often a case of even if you win, you lose because you've spent $100,000 to convince Disney that this is fair yep. use. Yep. Yeah. So can you, for listeners who like, like who are less familiar with like very cursory copyright law, can you talk a little bit about what <laughs> constitutes fair use? And I realize that there's a big dude do that. Yeah, from, like, I teach like two hour long classes on this, right? Okay. Yes. So when I was, in, like, last time I'd take like a, a week long seminar on just on the definition of fair use. Right. It was a lot. <laughs> in a nutshell, right? Copyright is absolute, but there are some exceptions to copyright and fair use is one of them. Inside fair use, we have an education exception, a news exception, parody, satire, and public figure. These things allow you to use someone else's absolute right to control their copyright. It's an exception to that right. And it is always a question of law. There's a mm-hmm. fun anecdote about, uh, we've all heard of the movie Supersize Me about the dude who mm-hmm. ate all the McDonald's. Morgan his like, investors yeah. made mm-hmm. him get a one rider on his insurance policy, on his ENO policy, against a lawsuit by McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And guess what happened? McDonald's sued to stop the release of that movie. Had he mm-hmm. not had that rider, we never would have seen the movie because that lawsuit would have put him out of business. They wouldn't have had mm-hmm. no money to finish the movie. And the whole reason that happened was it is a documentary is the picture of fair use. It is literally the perfect example of what fair use is. You are it's the news exception. You are informing the public about a newsworthy event. It is always a question of law, though. And the other side can always step in and see you and say, stop doing that. That's my IP. You can't use it. And McDonald's has way more money than a random yeah, indie exactly. film. Exactly. Which makes it more well, yeah. like of corporations than artists a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Well, and the most fun meme I've seen going around, by the way, in the last couple of days is we're going to rely on the most tried and true method to stop AI. Disney one. We're, we're going to feed it Disney material. <laughs> right. If you type Mickey Mouse into Midjourney, you get Mickey Mouse. So it's right. like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I have Pikachu fighting Darth Vader. And literally, it looks like Pikachu <laughs> fighting Darth Vader with lightsabers. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, but, but again, and that's kind of why I like the technology. So, okay, I've got an art background. I went to Carnegie Mellon originally on an art scholarship. That's like before I became what I am today. Like that was my first thing was I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to draw comic books for a living. But I just like the implication of that sentence that you are now some kind of like weird evil.
evil mastermind of like what yeah. I've become now. Yeah. What <laughs> have I become? What have I wrought? <laughs> but but, no, but the point is like, I like, so I can draw. Do I think I'm the best artist in the world? No, but I think I'm okay. But can I draw? I mean, I don't, I mean, yes, I can, but I didn't, I don't really know how to draw so much as I know how to, in some vague sense, make some mishmash of the work of Jack Kirby and Patrick Nagel and Leonardo da Vinci and John Romita Jr. and Art Adams and Jennifer Junesco. Like I have like all these favorite artists in my head that like over the course of my life, I've stolen a little bit in piece of their style and I have enough fine motor control in my fingers to where I can make something that looks like a weird mishmash of styles from my favorite artists. That's how you learn to draw. That's I mean, and I know it's weird, but that's functionally what my brain is doing. Yeah, you're one of the things. I mean, I didn't go to art school, but I definitely took art classes. And one of the things that they are taught you to do is to replicate the work of artists that are better than you. Right. Stare at the Mona Lisa and try to draw it as best you can. Or literally stare at the Mona One thing they don't teach you in art school that always makes artists heads spin around because everybody does it. It's done today. You see it on the floor at conventions. The creation, me painting Spider-Man. If I paint Spider-Man, it'll be the worst painting ever in the world. And I hang (laughs) it in my bathroom and nobody ever sees it but me. The infringing act is the painting of Spider-Man. Right. (laughs) It is not the selling. It is not the making money off of it. It is the infringing. So, you know, when I tell people fan art is basically infringement. Absolutely. Fan art is a copyright nightmare. (laughs) It really is. A lot of my artists, clients sit at conventions and they see people across the stall from them who are literally putting a filter on, on their artwork and, you know, doing some other silly bullshit about it. And it's their artwork. Like there's a story, Bob Kane, he was sitting across from somebody at a huge comic convention who was selling a fan art piece of his own Batman work that he was not allowed to sell. Yes. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. 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 It's one so, of my favorite things. There's a, there's like the crafty equivalent of that is like, I used to sell an Etsy a lot and people used licensed fabric, which is like <laughs> <licensed> <laughs> Disney fabric. And then they like, and then they get freaked out when like literally Disney will go into sellers on Etsy. Oh, and I'm like, cool. yeah, because it's printed it's, on the fabric. Right. Because it's, 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 it's the only it's, fabric that there is legalese printed on the side of it. Right. Yeah. There's Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Like, if I get, you're right. I never really consider that, but you're saying a shirt. If I make a shirt out of just Disney fabric that I bought at Joanne's fab- fabric with Mickey Mouse, then selling it on Etsy is a problem. I never considered that. But yeah, like, I get, yeah, I absolutely get like, why now. Okay. If you get licensed character fabric, and actually, if you're ever in a fabric store that has it, I encourage you to look at it because it's often hilarious. It, it yeah. is literally the only fabric with a legal disclaimer. And it basically says for personal use, it's like there's a disclaimer that it effectively boils down to for personal use only, not for resale, blah, blah, blah. Basically, the reason it's called licensed fabric is you are being licensed <laughs> to make your thing mm-hmm. when you buy it. That's awesome. And there is a legal clause yep. on the fabric indicating as such. It is a weird ass <laughs> thing. I it's love amazing. that you have actually read that and you know that. Do you have any <laughs> idea how few people know that? <laughs> I used to work at a fabric store and also I used to sell handmade goods on Etsy. People would ask me to make things with licensed fabric and I had like a link to a legal explanation for like, here's why I can't do that and it's not because I don't want to give you a thing because what you're asking for is literally not legal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Disney narcs undercover who are like trying to get you to sell. Yeah. Yeah, we'll sit back. I have a couple of clients that do wraps for cars, right? Mm-hmm. And oh my God, you would not, the Punisher wraps, the Spider-Man wraps. Oh, like, oh my God. Oh, and I just sit there going... Just pass the risk. Make sure that they certify that they have a license to do it and they will indemnify if you get sued. Fun. Jamie, you've worked comic book conventions before, right? Because I yes, have, right? Yes. And so here's the and here's the truth, right? If I go to a comic book convention to... So Max, who does our theme song, he and I used to do a comic book called Cosmic Hellcats. We did it for eight years. And we went to a ton of comic book conventions to sell our book, right? And we're going there to sell our book. However, it is not a financially viable thing for us as indie comic creators. It's not financially viable for... Max and I to drive from Pittsburgh to Philadelphia or Boston or Baltimore, all the places we went and sell just our comic, we won't make the money back. So we, if we're going, we know that we're going to go there and we're going to draw a bunch of pictures of Spider-Man and Superman and Catwoman and whatever. And like, you know, like basically I'm drawing pictures of licensed characters that I do not have a license for mm-hmm. and selling them in hopes that someone also buys a copy of Hellcat because like when people, because people basically will wander around Artist Alley and say, can 
you do can you do a Batman for me? And basically, as a creator, you're basically in a place where and there's like a target people is like, don't draw. You're not advertising for them. You're advertising. You know, don't draw. And I'm like, no, I had to pay for the table. I had to pay for gas. So in order to get home, yes, I will draw you a Batman for twenty dollars. <laughs> and then they'll always like, look at your original work and be like, oh, this is great. Can you draw draw me a Wolverine? Right. You know? <laughs> like, yes. Yes. Because I because again, yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily want to, but drawing Wolverine or drawing Batman pays twenty bucks. That's why you do it. You can't right? see the IP. You can't see the IP attorney sitting here just shaking his head sadly. <laughs> It's weird. And Marvel and DC don't sue because they know it's the only way that the convention circuit exists. If they, right. Without that, there's no, because if you can't do that, then literally no one will go to conventions because no, because That's like. That's starting to change. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like literally so, everything is weird about it. It's such a broken, like, like financial thing. Otakon so, and the Katsukon, all the anime cons, the yeah. IP owners are now starting to walk around Artist Alley pointing out yeah. the people that need to get off the floor. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, interesting. It's, it's not there. It's not yeah, there. At the it's anime not there. cons, it's starting to happen. Yeah, but not yeah, not at the comic cons yet. But no. but that is the risk that you run. But like the entire economy of the you know the regular indie comic con that 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 economy is based on people. Ninety percent of the people on the floor are selling things that they don't have a license yeah. for. Yeah, that, I like maybe so we should take this back and explain why it matters to AI. Yeah, I was about to say <laughs> I, I could talk about copyright for days. So it is because like, I think it's like useful to talk about like that the human equivalent of it and then like yes. let i want to i want to hear about what people's thoughts are about like how that relates to databases because one of the things that people are freaking out about and i don't necessarily like i think that there is more to this picture than a lot of people are giving credit for but i also understand the panic mm-hmm. is one of the ways that a lot of these databases are created is by scraping data off the internet yes that's exactly um, what they do that's exactly how they're created yes which yes. is yeah and, and, and stable future- academic one of the reasons actually somebody was trying to ask mm-hmm. me why like university ais are not as sophisticated as some of the the corporate ones well, that's not always true and I was like because IRB prohibits us from data scraping unless you have IRB for folks who are not researchers like that is one of the ways that like, it was, that was one of the ways that universities and research researchers like are enforced to follow ethics for certain kinds of research doesn't apply to all research but basically mm-hmm. I won't say that you can never do data scraping under like the laws Can't and ethics. Buy it? well that's yeah. the thing it's like there are ways mm-hmm. you yeah for could, universities to get it <laughs> there are ways for universities to get it you can buy into databases I, there are select ways in which you like basically you someone could consent to having the data scraped companies it's it's complicated but anyway there are ways you can do it but generally speaking like data scraping is something that the university is probably not going to be able to do or if they can do it it is very costly to do corporate (laughs) entities on the other hand or open source fan communities because linsa does not own stable diffusion we should make this clear stable diffusion is on github you can open source yeah it's open source you can go get it right now stable diffusion exists because a bunch of nerds decided we're going to put our time into just making this thing free and by a bunch of nerds i mean hundreds i mean like literally hundreds if not thousands of people are like hey why don't we just toss this thing out there and that thing is out there now and you can go yeah, to if github you're, if and you're mad about it. data scraping in theory you should be mad at those people and not necessarily well, at Lens- I, mean, I think it's like i think leon the company leon is the one who actually did the data provide the data set that was used in stable diffusion i think that's correct yeah. and i was looking at them and the, you know what it said anyways is that they don't even have the images themselves they just maintain the like link to the image and verify the yeah. validity of the relationship of the text and the image. Mm-hmm. This is kind of passing the buck where it's like, well, we don't have the images. We have the link. And the company who's using it is saying, well, you know, we also aren't using it. Because once we've trained the set, they aren't actually drawing on those images no. anymore. No. Yeah, because no. the way that data scraping works, especially to develop in like a database and algorithm, it doesn't surprise me they don't have the original images because the amount of data storage that would take would be right. the internet. Yeah. But basically <laughs> what they're doing is they are basically writing a program that will go find the data that they want to find pull it back and then quote unquote teach the AI yeah. what those things are and how to remix them. The pro, well, it's that even mean, dumber than that. It's even well, dumber than that. So what, it's, what, it's literally just, I mean, in, in human terms, and we already talked about this, this is why we did talk about the, you know, trying to put in human terms, but it's literally like, it's literally just clicking on links, crawling the entire internet and yeah. looking at pictures and remembering. It, it's not saving which, them at all. It's like which doing means what you do that if you have posted, this is the shitty thing, it's like if you have yep. posted art on the 
the internet or written on the internet or have been a human on the internet, some of your data is probably in an AI database. I will submit to you that everything you have ever done on the internet is in some database somewhere. Somewhere. It is absolutely in a database. And it's just a question of, is it being used for an AI database? Is like the only thing. Like I'd say probably yes. So that's the weird thing. Probably it is. I I understand. It's basically like those complicated things. I'd be interested to hear from the artist and the copyright lawyer. Like I've seen a lot of artists panicking about like, well, my art was uploaded, quote unquote, into, even though it's not totally uploaded, but I get what they mean. Uploaded into this database without my consent. That's not how, like, you don't have rights to use my art. And I'm like, well, I, from a labor standpoint, as like union person, I'm like, I fully understand and Mm -hmm. sympathize with and agree with why they are pissed off. Yes. Because their art is being used in a way radically different than they intended. Mm -hmm. However, unfortunately, and this is just the way the world is, if you put it on the internet, you lose control. Like you lose control, whether legally or otherwise, practically speaking, you lose control of your art. Right. And they yeah. didn't, so they don't have it on their server. So it's like, right. My, my biggest argument and thing I've been screaming about for the last year is we are asleep at the wheel right now as AI is being developed in the exact same yes. way we as human beings and for the most part, legislators, I mean, half of them still don't understand how the internet works. Never mind AI. Yeah. It's kind of a said, system of tubes. Yes. Right. <laughs> so, you know, we are, I think, and it's unfortunate. It's so depressing to say, but we're past the point where there is going to be any legislation or anything. There is so much capital behind AI right now. Yeah. OpenAI has a billion dollars from Microsoft. Adobe is going to start selling AI generated material. I yeah. think there's no the way there's I so much it. capital behind it right now yeah. that no one will ever be able to legislate it because they'll just give their money. Get in. And when, when the big what I think then it's, yeah, that's the whole other What I think an issue might be is, you know, when a Viacom or a Disney gets pissed off about it. When well, no, Disney, Disney gets pissed off about all their images in this database or when Viacom does, then Disney understands. So Disney understands, and we've done a show on this, if you, so go back, we're not going to rehash all of it, but sure. Disney understands the value of deep fake because that's how, because this is how they're keeping Luke Skywalker alive and young. So therefore they know they can't stop it because this, this when you're looking at deep fake software and you see something yep. like, you know, how Disney has the young Luke Skywalker or the young Robert Downey Jr. in their movies, this is how they're doing it. They're literally using the exact same software that Linsa is. I mean, not the exact same, like yeah, it's right. a different code, but it, but fundamentally the same functional software is how it works. It's an, it is a learning algorithm that is essentially looking at a whole bunch of pictures of young Mark Hamill and saying, <laughs> okay, yeah. let me paint a picture of Mark Hamill, how he looked when he was 25. That's how the software works. Yeah, I mean, one of the most ethical uses of this is training the training, making your own database from your own artwork. It's literally mm-hmm. like having a hundred Renaissance masters running around, like, like apprentices running around working for you. Right. So I see that part and that's what Disney's doing. That's what some of my artist clients are doing. Right. And literally she gave me a little demo and I'm like, holy shit, that looks just like your artwork. You literally typed in a prompt and you got something you would have painted in a day and a half. Mm-hmm. Or at least a rock that they could then, you know, refine. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But it's still, you know, the whole issue with it scraped the web. It Yes, it didn't upload, but it actually at some point it hit the legal definition of I fixed this in a tangible medium. Right. Yes. It didn't. Right. Yeah. That yes. is the point. The, tr- is the exactly database that. fixed something in a tangible medium and then it mm-hmm. pulled it apart looking for a pattern. Right. It didn't save mm-hmm. that thing, but it's looking for the pattern. But at some point it fixed that piece of art in a tangible medium so that it could do something to it. And, we, and, that's, and, and that's where the issue is. And we did an episode on that, too. There's Wayne and I. Yep. If you go back, we had the episode where we talked about the whole concept of I fixed that for you and where some people were like, <laughs> and we're in a, now the logic behind that art, our, that episode was, you know, the person who has painted the picture that you didn't, I mean, you didn't fix it for him. You changed something that you didn't like and you did, you made a derivative work. And my argument back then was you didn't have a right to do that ethically in that they didn't ask for your help. They didn't consider it a mistake, but also in the case of the fixes that they're talking about, usually it's characters that neither one of you own. <laughs> usually, right. Like usually you're yeah. seeing my picture of your fiction, you're fixing Spider-Man. my picture of a Spider-Man or Catwoman and neither of us own those characters. So no, yeah. like, like the legal wrangling and ethical wrangling becomes really bizarre. Now, maybe I own my own character, right? And maybe I own my own image, sort of, kind of, but that's weird because... Do you have Instagram? Does anyone own their image? Well, that's what it is. So here's the logic, right? The logic is, well, okay, so the AI is stealing my artwork because it didn't have my permission. And the problem is it did have your permission because you put it on the internet in order to be seen. Unless you put it now, if the AI breaks into your private friends only thing, that's different, right? But assuming... That is a very American opinion. I know, yes. In the European Union and other places in the world, just because you posted something online, 
you don't give up your privacy. You don't give up your yeah. rights. That is a very well, centric opinion. And, and that's speaking of like, what is ever going to be legal at this point? I expect the United States would like the only way in which we're going to get mm-hmm. regulated anything is because the EU is going to do it. Exactly. And, because, yes. and it's going to be financially inviolable. EU, we will get fringe benefits. Like, yes. yep. Exactly what's going to happen. Because I'm going to get to that. It is a very American point of view. I, I was going to say something about yeah, it was. Never mind. But, the, but yeah, my point being, if I posted something publicly, if I tried to go viral by putting a cute picture of my felt cute might delete later right like if i <laughs> i feel cute and i put a picture of myself on there i am now asking for people to look at my image and yes i understand different jurisdictions but fundamentally and i'm not talking legally i mean fundamentally i'm asking you to look at my image and be inspired by it once i've done that as a human being if i draw a person later that is so, so if katya posts a picture of herself and i draw up a woman who happens to be brunette is it am i drawing you or am i as we know i'm the avatar for all brunette women that have ever existed thank you very much for recognizing this fact right so like am i drawing you if there's similarities because you know because the bangs happen to be like yours like like exactly where am i inspired by you versus not and the argument i totally got my haircut from a brazilian instagrammer (laughs) 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 i've actually had a couple illustrations with books like i've had a couple of people who told me that like oh i wrote that chapter or those words or whatever and i'm like okay how because I wrote it, prove it. Like, and I always be like, but like, you know, people, I don't know. It's like it's something is similar yeah. to what they do. It's like, oh, you must have stolen that because it's similar to what I did. No, it's just I've never talked to you before. I, how, I don't yeah. know you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and well, I saw that I saw recently. So there's a Facebook group that I'm a part of that's called Comic Swipes. And basically, it's just a bunch of people looking for artwork by two comic creators where they're like, okay, well, obviously, this one stole the, this is a picture oh of Superman, God. and here's another picture of Superman. And obviously, this person stole the image from this picture. And it's, I mean, it'll be famous people, right? Like, obviously. You guys need better hobbies. Well, I understand <laughs> the logic of it. They, because th- they believe they're seeing themselves as doing important historic work of seeing who's derived from who. But also, you'll see people, like, you'll see people post, like, oh, well, look, see, this is the exact same pose. And it's like, it's not the exact same pose. It's just that, like, if you're drawing a guy flying. So many permutations. So could be in, right? Yes, right. That's how a flying man would look, right? Like, it is, that's exactly, it's like, it's like, well, what about this? This is a, this woman. Yes, it is a sexy woman who is being posed in the same pose that Playboy uses in the same pose that like, you know, ancient Roman artwork uses because that's the oh, So let's break pose. that down. <laughs> so, right. you know what that breaks into, right? So AI is sexist, racist. Like, Absolutely. You type in sexy woman. I'll bet you it's going to be 99 pictures of white women. Yes. Yeah. Although <laughs> I have tested this out. If you type it in different languages, it will follow the stereotype of that particular yeah. of that yeah. yeah yeah so this goes okay this goes to a thing that that i am going to say on every time we talk about technology as a tool it mm-hmm. is only as good or as evil as the humans that feed it yeah. like i mean and this is why ais from like a cultural study standpoint are fascinating because it's basically what happens when you feed massive tons of cultural artifacts mm-hmm. and it's that cultural culture. Artifacts. yes and, absolutely yeah, well and exactly <laughs> biased by the world in that which culture, they exist yeah. and it's like and that's one of the things i think is interesting because especially like the thing i'm most fascinated in is like the labor issues of this because a lot of artists are understandably pissed off because they're like oh I know have to compete with a bot that can produce yes. art faster cheaper xyz yes, which we can get into but and to me it's like ah yeah it's like that's not just because of the AI that's because you live in a heavily capitalist society that yes. already treats artists like garbage mm-hmm. and it just yep. took that culture and turned it up into 11 mm-hmm. which is what AIs do with racism sexism stereotype because if you take like say just like all of Twitter feed into a bot we've seen this happen before mm-hmm. the majority it's going to pick up the threads that are most common which which if you live in a racist patriarchal society, you are going to be racist yep. and patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Like, and it learns from those and it's going to emphasize the things that it sees as the most common because it thinks like the AI is trying, like, like Mav said earlier, the AI is trying to identify trends. The things mm-hmm. that are the most common trends, it is going to essentially see, ah, that is the thing I'm supposed to be doing. Which is, I think you, speaking of AI as a tool to understand things, is it's like, if you don't like the way that an AI is, it's probably because the world that generated that AI is shitty. <laughs> AI themselves are not ethical or unethical. It's, it, you know, they make the choices that have been forced upon them by, like you said, all those artifacts and cultural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And this actually relates to the labor problem because I actually mm-hmm. would like, I understand and I actually agree with artists who are worried that this is going to affect their ability to be artists. My other thing though, and so they're mad a lot, and I've seen a lot of artists be mad at, you know, whatever, like whether it's Lenza or whoever's making the database, whoever they 
the, uh, the person who produced mm-hmm. the technology that's being shitty. And I'm like, are they culpable if that does in fact come to happen and you totally. lose your living? Yes. I, but actually, I'm like, you should that. be equally, in my mind, it's like you should be equally, frankly, holding culpable the person who's querying the bot instead of yes. contacting you for art. Well, okay. Well, question though. Okay. So here's where I'm worried about, right? Okay. Yes. I agree with you. I, and I agree with you in that I think the problem is essentially we're asking people to capitalism ethically and there is no there's no yes. such thing right like I saw several artist friends of mine saying this is wrong because if you want and we talked about this on the cartooning episode that where we had like Don Griffin on and a while back where we talked about cartoon avatars and the argument has been well you shouldn't be using these things hire an artist in order to which assumes um, like that you have the capacity to hire yes. like, this is the thing like right. I don't and this is my personal experience I buy a lot of art directly from artists mm-hmm. because I have the disposable income to do yeah. that. So I don't think that most people who have the resources and also predilection to do that are going to see AI art as a substitute. Here's no. the problem. The problem is, and I imagine, Jamie, you're going to say the same thing, right? I will happily draw a pic. If someone wants to pay me to draw you, I will do so. Give me 20 bucks, 30 bucks, and I will draw you a picture. And I'm perfectly happy to do that. I've sat at I've sat at conventions and done that for something. But, the, but every time I draw a picture of somebody, it takes me an hour and I charge you depending on how much work in I put into it. I charge you 20 bucks. I charge you 50 bucks. If I want to do something really good, it might take me a few hours and I'll charge you more. Right. But like Linza made 50 of those for me for three ninety nine in two minutes. And I understand that's compelling because the thing yeah. is, because they're saying, well, why don't you buy a, why don't you buy an avatar from a real person? And the answer is because no one care, like they're doing it because it's only three ninety nine and they cheap. got a bunch of them. Right. Like, like, it, and also so yes, you are for competing the, for hmm? the meme. And largely, I think also for the meme of it, yeah. like, right. like like to me, it's like like I don't disagree that there are probably artists that are going to lose money, but Absolutely. also I think like you are buying something when you are buying a something made by an AI. Mm-hmm. I would argue you are buying a different artifact than you are when you're buying something made by a person. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Also, a lot of artists are working with AI. I mean, I think yes. it's, uh, it's hard to say at this point whether it's going to be definitely going to be like be stabilizing. But I mean, it's yeah, it already is. Like, some people are going to lose it, jobs. Yeah. I have uh, clients who are losing who, who literally said I was you know I worked as a background. I did X Y or Z for this company or that company Mm -hmm. and they just they've now trained the ai on my work and fired me because you know they don't need me the ai Mm -hmm. is now making all the backgrounds i would argue an unethical application of that technology but that was not because of the technology it's because of the the, how people decided to use it send it into a discussion of the evils of capitalism oh absolutely if if you it's like because it's like the technology is not the problem it's the system and the culture in which the technology is implemented and the ways that people use it because like arguably i mean one of the coolest things i think about the technology that i've only seen a couple of people and if i find the tiktok person again to talk about this because it's the only person i've seen talking on the internet i'm sure there are others because i don't believe in the internet was he was talking about it's like if you he was like this is also like really huge for disabled artists like there are people who want to write Mm -hmm. or who want to create art that for like because of physical or mental or whatever thing can't and they were like i can and they were like there are people who couldn't make art before that can now make art or just the talent honestly because here's the thing if i'm writing if i'm a writer if i'm literally writer trying to sell trying to sell a concept to hollywood or trying to sell a comic concept to a comic book store right but i'm not an art i'm not a i don't have pencil ability right i just have penciling or painting ability but i've written a story that i have a treat for and i want to get across the general idea of what this might look like for so i can do a pitch right if i've got a choice between pain like again and i'm a struggling artist i'm just trying to i'm just trying to sell my story right and i need Mm -hmm. a i need cover art for this i can pay another struggling artist you know 200 bucks to do some to do some mock-ups you know some storyboards or i can go to mid-journey and spend ten dollars or you can do what other people do which is equally as shitty as i would argue as the bot thing and ask people to do it for free for exposure yeah and that's and i get it like the flaw in gig economy with art is it's a whole bunch of people struggling and the people who are trying to do it ethically are just other poor people paying each other to do <laughs> like like, like, I, like that's, that's twenty dollars around on, on Venmo yeah. yeah 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 and I mean I've been a part of this economy right like it's not uh, it's shitty but the flaw here you said it, it the flaw here is capitalism right like you're asking for yeah. people to you're essentially saying okay AI is stealing work from the real artists but only if you assume that the only value of art is what can I get paid for yeah. this did Which I get a pretty zero sum, yeah, yeah zero sum value yeah yeah well, back to capitalism. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> but also, like to be fair, just like stuff like what is it, Society Six 
and a bunch of other places. Like if you like Society Six is basically like a print on demand like mm-hmm. service for prints and like stuff. You can go buy a Van Gogh print on there for like ten bucks. Sure. sure. Like this, Van Gogh's this, dead, so he didn't care. <laughs> sure. Well, I've also seen indie artists that I follow their work being screenshotted and uploaded there and being sold by completely I, different persons. I have so, I have seen my photography and my artwork sold by people who are not me before. Yes, that is a link. Yeah. So it's like I again, it's like I understand and I and to a large extent like agree with people being pissed off about how their art is being used. On the other hand, it's like I think it's also probably acknowledge like this is a problem that already existed and it's a problem that existed because right. as Bab was saying like this is the economy we live in and the culture we live in where we don't think that artists are important people which yeah. if you've ever enjoyed a piece of media hug an artist <laughs> and I know you have you listen to this show <laughs> are you asking for us to get hugs I was talking about people who make like TV shows and art oh, okay. you care about if you, yes. it's like, if you listen to the show I assume that you are not a soulless you know weirdo That's true. who doesn't okay. like nice thing yeah. that's the thing I pointed out before too but it's kind of a little ironic that like I've got more requests to be on podcasts. I mean, I'm happy, <laughs> but like you know, you know, you know, let's talk about AI and art, AI and art. And I'm like, I've been trying to pitch a graphic novel and this thing and that yeah. thing. And, you know, but sure, you know, yeah. Right. Like, yeah. It's not that I don't think people don't care. I think what you're getting at is the people who are forwarding the memes that I was complaining about. Of this is theft. Don't do this for the real artists. I'm like, think you care? I think those people care, but I think most of the people forwarding the meme don't realize their complicity in the problem because you know because this was an issue before two weeks ago and you know you know and it's it's like like you're noticing it because of this viral moment which is how all pop culture works right like oh you know there's a sudden there's a sudden war in ukraine well it's like well there are wars lots of places and we should like really probably care about all of them but we don't but it's good that we're trying right like like i think that's the same thing here right like we have a problem where a group of people have been exploited and we're pointing at them because they're artists and they're and frankly i think a big part of why this became popular was because not because linza happened but because Linza was very good at making art that looked like comic book superheroes who are popular right now, right? Because and also is huge in the D and it's been a huge yeah, debate yeah. in D oh, yeah. and D. Yeah, it became I, I, I shouldn't say just comic books, fantasy, sci-fi, yeah, ner- nerd, nerd, nerd stuff, culture, right? Right? Because and it's, and it's a selfie too, which adds to the yes, yes, viral. it is very. It hit the sweet spot of internet popularity, right? But like everything that we're saying about AI putting out of work people, you know, like artists, yes, and this is functionally exactly identical to when we started using computers to build automobiles or you know we've talked about this before when monica's on the show she'll often talk about the fashion industry of right of mm-hmm. when you know there is a point in history where clothing is made by an artisanal dressmaker who you pay you know your dress is everybody just pays a bajillion dollars for their dress because it takes the woman who makes the dress you know literally a week to make the custom dress for you and that's still possible you could still do that today or you could just and go no and target and spend 20 bucks yeah. and that's it and that's yeah. what everybody does they no, just and actually i think that's a really good analogy because i actually think that like the the it's not an exact one-to-one but if you buy fast fashion mm-hmm. you are already participating in a system very much like the one yes like if you're critiquing the if you're critiquing this ai thing replacing artists and you buy fast fashion you are doing you're participating in almost the exact same system, yes. system in another industry where an ai is not involved mm-hmm. because most if you live especially in a western quote-unquote industrialized even though i hate that term country most of your clothing is probably made by somebody in a sweatshop mm-hmm. by the way that is even true if your tag says made in america actually yes. in many cases you are more likely to be buying from a sweatshop in los angeles than if you buy made in china just like yeah. as a heads up but so that's the thing. capitalism bad because it's like in that case it's like there's no ai involved because guess what computers are actually not good at making clothes every piece of clothing <laughs> you have worn is handmade computers don't can't well, hand, sew very well handmade by someone paid poorly because yeah. it's because functionally the amount of fabric that goes into a shirt that costs $10, like just do the math, <laughs> like realistically, someone somewhere is probably someone somewhere is probably like <laughs> in poverty. Right. And same thing with, again, making cars, ma- you know, making the iPhone that you are listening to this episode on. And I, uh, uh, there's a, and I made this joke in, so if you look at when I posted this on Facebook about the episode, I made the joke that I was going to make this quote. And I said the dusty roads quote, then uh, only kingdom who's been on our show kingdom james he'd be the only person to get it but there's this quote that that wrestler dusty Rhodes says and you know hard times are when a man has been on the job 30 years 30 years they give him a watch they kick him in the butt and they say hey a computer took your job daddy that's hard times he said that in like 1985 like like this is just how things work like i and i and again i'm not saying it's good that a computer took your job but i'm saying we're noticing it because it's a comic book nerdy thing it like this also happens 
ends with, you know, hell, with Ubers trying to make auto driving cars, right? There's a cabbie who, you know, and Uber even existing in the first place is just like, you know, hurting the cab industry. And now it's hurting the, you know, the hustle industry of driving Ubers because they'd rather replace you with a computer. That's what this is. My reason that I want to do this episode is because what I think is functionally interesting, we keep saying, well, now we're talking about capitalism. It's like, yeah, that's why I think it's interesting. It's not that it's interesting because, hey, you're stealing work from the real artists. And again, we talked about it's not working the way that you think it is. It's not stealing the it's not stealing the pixel by pixel. It's not a photocopy machine. Right. I think that this is interesting because what we've run into is we've run into, you know, AI fulfilling the scary dream of sci fi. Right. Where it's like, oh, the AI has learned to be better than humans. And that's why it's working. Like, that's why it's interesting. Right. Is like the thing afraid of is happening. And I forget who said it earlier, but somebody said it earlier. If like the only and this is kind of the thing where like 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 focusing on like the system that makes the AI quote unquote better mm-hmm. I think is actually more interesting and arguably much more urgent conversation because yes. like better is not an absolute quality. Better <laughs> is by the context and conditions you're in. Yes, faster and in greater quantity is only better if you're in a system that values faster and in greater quantity. Mm-hmm. And as we said earlier, like the value of art is not just faster and greater quantity. It's having a relationship with the artist, knowing that there's a human who made this thing. For me, I buy art because I want there to be more artists in the world. Yeah. The way you yeah. can be more artists in the world is you make it so people can make a living off of art. You buy people art. Drawing the line on, again, like making it AI versus art, whereas like, you know, I mean, a lot of artists use Photoshop. Photoshop is already using AI as soon as we mm-hmm. can have AI integrated in it. So then are we like ruling out Photoshop artists again? Because I remember being kept out of, I don't mean you, I mean, you know, kind of public. It's like, you know, I used to be in art contest and be like, mm-hmm. no, a Photoshop artist. Sorry. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. I, 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 me too. I believe this that. A, so <laughs> one of the companies that, and this is, I find amazing, right? Because I mentioned in the, I mentioned in the call for comments for this episode that Celsius, who makes Clip Studio Paint, it's a, it is a art tool, soft piece of software specialized towards drawing comic books. It's what I used to draw Hellcats when I was doing it, right? And I like it. I like the feel of it, even more so than Photoshop. It made, it felt like drawing pen and paper to me. So I would sit in Artist Alley next to Max, who was drawing with a sketchbook, and I would draw on the, on a sketch tablet. And I had people like literally 10 years ago, people would wander by and some people were like, oh, that's fascinating. Can you draw this for me? And I would draw drawings and other people would be like, well, you're not a real artist because you're using a computer. And I'm like, I'm using a computer. Literally, I'm like, you're watching me draw. And it's like, yeah, but I could do it if I could do it if I had a computer. I'm like, when you've done a Jackson Peplock and you're in the mess, (laughs) then I will believe that argument. Right. Right. If you think you can, if you, I basically would tell people, if you think that you do this, if you, you know, programs called Clip Studio Paint, buy it and buy the table next to me and feel free to see, you know, maybe you'll do a better job than I am, but like, leave me alone. Right. But like, and that was, and Clip Studio Paint knows that like literally that people like me had this argument over and over again for decades. That's what it was like. No, I am drawing for real. I'm just like, I happen to enjoy this tool rather than the pen because I like it better. I also happen to like pens better than I like paintbrushes because I was like, frankly, I was shitty. My brush work is really bad and always has been. I'm a much better. That's the benefit. (laughs) Absolutely. And that's exactly what it is. Like I can undo a mistake in a lot easier, a lot quicker than I can erase things. And that's why I like theaters. So, which again, whatever, but like now the most recent version about a month ago, Celsius, the company that owns it said, we are going to integrate stable diffusion. We're going to, we're going to put this AI tool so that you can use it to help with your artwork and their user base freaked out and basically (laughs) said, no, you've got to stop. You know, this is bad. So now Celsius has announced they are removing that feature. They're not doing this AI assisted art anymore because we've listened to our user base and we've heard you and we're going to do it. But the problem is, and I am so against this because Celsius might've decided that I assure you, Adobe is not going to decide that Adobe is yeah. going to say, fuck you. We're putting it, AI in the art. It work, also doesn't they're fix gonna hurt the Celsius. underlying problem. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, and this is the shitty thing. Is it like, I mean, it's complicated because it's sort of the, like, if you build it, they will come thing. And mm-hmm. this is where ethics and the technology industry industry gets really complicated because companies absolutely, I mean, in the world, according to Katya, in a world where I get to stop. <laughs> but like, there's this weird thing of like, so, and like we were talking about earlier is like what like ethical consumer consumerism under capitalism doesn't exist, which like 100%. You can be sometimes less shitty. Like basically there are less shitty options. There are no good options. Right. Under capitalism, if you're talking about labor exploitation well, we and, and all this other stuff. We could just, we could not be we're, capitalist. We could just, we could just, we could at this moment. Okay. We're working with what we time now. <laughs> I have I'm a solution. Dream. What we do is we make me in charge of the universe and I will be a benevolent dictator and everyone will just be happy. That's what, that's the option. So, yeah. yeah we, 
Here's the authoritarianism. That's the, right. That's right. The, yeah, that's the better solution, right? <laughs> With the Mav coating on it. Great. It's horrifying. Okay. Yeah. We're going to unpack that later after the show. Now I've lost my entire train of thought. God damn it. <laughs> but like, this is one of the reasons why like ethics and technology is like really squishy because it's like, mm-hmm. I call it the if you build it, they will come problem. Right. Of like, if you build an AI that can replace, let's assume for the sake of argument that somebody built an AI that could fundamentally replace artists. Yes. And let's assume for the sake of argument that the value of AI generated art and the value of artist generated art is the same. Mm-hmm. Not true, but for the sake of argument. Like, if you build the tools of technology company, are you culpable for putting all these artists out of work? Or actually, the automo- automotive yes. industry might be easier because this actually is happening in the auto- in, in factory setting. Mm-hmm. Like, And I'm like, yes, as a technology company, you build the technology that enabled somebody to make the decision to replace all of their workers. You're culpable. Yes. But also, the guy at the company that's going to replace all their automotive workers has to make the decision of, I'm going to implement that technology and lay off all of my workers. Sure. And it's like, and this is where it's like, there's both like company responsibility, individual responsibility, and then there's also systemic responsibility of like, yeah. unfortunately, we are in capitalist soup. Right. Yeah. Right. That's what so yeah. capitalist soup means that people are going to make those decisions. And so like the most, the only way you really stop this is if you stop building technology that allows that decision stuff. to become available. Mm-hmm. The problem is because mm-hmm. we live in capitalist soup. Well, that's right. There is no world in which a com- one company or another, the one of the Adobe, uh, like your Adobe example, Mav, mm-hmm. a company is eventually going to build it. Right. Uh, Adobe's doing is- it right now. I know because I have a full Adobe subscription. I look at the betas. I can like, it's absolutely there. They are going to do it's, this. Assuming uh-huh. The ability to make that decision, mm-hmm. what like the unethical decision becomes available, someone is going to make it. Mm-hmm. That is the sh- that is just the world we live in. It doesn't mean that there aren't also going to be good <laughs> applications of it. This is why like social media is really interesting. There are well, garbage applications of TikTok. Mm-hmm. It is also true that like people who didn't have community have found community online that would have never had it otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same as true. The question for another show: the the why why psychopaths are drawn to positions of power inside corporate organizations. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> oh God, that's a whole other thing. So <laughs> we'll make those decisions. Any decision that does not. Uh, fun example: I was the general counsel of a joint UK US company, and the investor was a psychopath, and literally <laughs> he asked me to. De- cost the UK office a week before Christmas. He basically made me fire a hundred people the week before mm-hmm. Christmas and he just didn't care. There was no contemplation in his mind at all. He was destroying a hundred people's lives. Yeah. 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 yeah I've uh, worked places like that. I've worked lots of, and that's kind of, that's, so here's the weird part. Is I've talked a little bit about this on the show before too. The reason I'm an academic now, as opposed to a designer is it's not that I didn't like being a software designer. I loved being a software designer. I got to a point where some of the design decisions that I was making were, I thought, super problematically ethical for me. And it was a lot of them to where I was just like, I am unhappy being asked to design things that make me feel bad about what I'm doing. I worked on, I worked on weapon systems. I worked on really sketchy capitalist things where I'm like, I just, I'm feeling bad about myself as a person and I don't want to do this anymore. Other than that, Mr. Oppenheimer, how was your day? Yeah, exactly. that, (laughs) that, That was basically, and I'm like, okay, so I'm going to go and do something else. And I, you know, I went to school, I went back to school and I'm, I don't regret that decision. However, if you are going to be tied to the idea of capitalism and I'm not, I mean, again, listen to the show, you know, that I'm, I don't care. I'm burn the system down, but assuming you're going to be <laughs> neil. I said with something, please, but yeah. Yeah. But assuming you're, yeah. Assuming you're going to be, you know, neoliberal in charge of capitalism. Okay. If you want to have a world where you're saying, Hey, this is bad for artists because of value, because you're stealing money from them, which is what the, this is my problem with the meme. That's where they're positioning it. If you're saying that you're stealing money from artists and that's the ethical problem with it, it's not capitalism correctly. We want to capitalism better. Well, in that world, if something's value is only in what capital can I raise for the producer of that artifact, then if the AI version is indistinguishable from the real human version for any practical purpose, then logically it has no value beyond the AI. And like they should be put out of business. I don't believe that because I don't think that's how it should work. But if you're tied to this system where you believe that like, oh no, it's all about the money, that here's the problem, it's money, then you're saying, you know, why, you know, yes, absolutely, we have put people out of work who build cars, but the people who build cars put out of work the people who drove carriages for a living. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like, like, I mean, and, and also now the, going pro- to improve, the programmers right? and designers are putting who the- built those things to put other things out of the job are now putting themselves out of jobs. Right. right. And that's, and I, and again, 
I don't think the only value of something is financial. So like, this is not my argument. I'm not saying I'm not in favor of this, but I'm saying if you believe that is the only value, then the system, this is an unscalable system. This is the natural result of capitalism. So deal with it. <laughs> now, I, also just, I just realized that while we have the tagline of eugenics bad, we somehow have gone through how many episodes and we don't have a tagline. Of bad? Yeah. I, <laughs> bad. This yeah. Episode, we finally have the tagline of capitalism bad. Well, but see, here's, and here's, but here's where it's weird though, right? Like, cause I, cause I, I said this to somebody and they're like, and they said, well, but do you only think that because you know, you're a pie in the sky academic? I'm like, I'm hardly pie in the sky. I'm like, I'm a very dreary person, but they're like, but yeah, how would you feel if someone stole your work and then just presented it as their own? And I'm like, that literally happens to me every day. <laughs> like my whole job is like sort of vaguely teaching people stuff and then they go out and do it in the world and then people make memes of it and it becomes memes oh. like this. Like, like the things that you're seeing, these are academic arguments that are the condensed versions of memes. Hell, people who talk on, you know, like your, the, your favorite YouTubers aren't doing actual research. They're just people who are good at reading academic books and then like sort of putting a condensed version in their own word and being kind of charming, yeah. right? Like, so yes, this is what happens to me and people like me every day of our lives. And why do I do it is because I think there's value of it beyond the capitalism. I also have, have, to eat, to have so you know, capitalism. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> also have, to have the follow up episode since we've mostly been focusing on the art AIs mm -hmm. about this whole like academia is over because there's a bot that can write five paragraph essays about J.D. Salinger. Yeah. Which <laughs> no yeah, academics yeah, no. Are over. Yeah. Uh, GPTs. Yeah. We're going to have to do yeah. a follow up episode. Yeah. Because like I think I, it's another thing where like I understand where people are having that pack that panic. It is by and large being panic being done by people who have no idea how either teaching or academic publishing works. Yeah. <laughs> so we've solved nothing is what we're saying. We have except for capitalism bad. And yep. you know and we got to uh, do another of these. We definitely got it. This is yeah. This is a. I mean, it's a big topic. It's obviously. So what was weird about this, and this is why I brought this up at the very beginning, but we skimmed over it. Jamie, you said it's great. Like, I mean, you're frustrated, but you also realize it's great that people are caring about an issue that you've cared about for a while, but they're only getting it at it because of this. You know, this it became it's a one hot little topic. thing. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> and it's the least interesting part of the issue. But like, mm -hmm. but so what? It gives it gave us a chance to talk about this for you know an hour or so. Yeah, I, I, I think that's great. Like, I like. I actually, I think there is value in having the discussion. I think there's value in people being concerned about the ethics of this. I think it is far from simple. And what I think is amazing is there's this thing that happens with geek culture where the second geek culture becomes aware of something, they think it's a very new thing. It's like, hey, have you heard about this thing called systemic racism? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have you, you know, yeah. Where are the patriarchy? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, this is <laughs> the, the term <laughs> VR at the very, at even at the latest estimate was invented in the 40s. In the 1940s, which is... And again, Please, people, honestly, probably Eastern cultures came up with it way earlier. And, and, and it's been around since Plato. Right, right. And people... And I got into the... When Mid-Journey happened originally, and I posted the images, me and my co-host on the other show, uh, Andrew, had made a couple of uh, VR pictures of Ilyana Rasputin, Magic and the New Mutants, uh, which again, talking about like yeah. stealing... Like we just basically asked Mid-Journey to make a couple of pictures of them and then we posted them on the Twitter feed for, for our other show. And like we had some people yelling at us like, well, you don't understand how this is put. And I was like, I do understand your point, but it's more complicated than that. And it's like, it's like, you're an academic. You don't know. And I'm like, I'm an academic who studies literally this. It's why you listen to my show. <laughs> like, I know, <laughs> like, it's the thing that you're, you know, like, like I, I get it. Like, and, and then the guy blocked me and I'm like, you brought this up. What are you doing? <laughs> like, I don't, uh, again, I don't understand. And actually I do understand because I think what's great is, you know, because this entered the geek world world, people are now aware of the issue and we can have this long protracted conversation about labor value, which is what this ultimately is. And, and good thing, I guess. <laughs> you know, I'm hoping that is a prompt for wider discussion of why we should care about art and artists. Because like fundamentally it's that. I mean, we've said several points episodes of like the idea that artists are not getting paid for their work has been a problem since time immemorial. If you care about this problem and you have the resources to do so, maybe buy some art. Well, yeah. on that note, I want to thank Jamie for coming on the show because I was good because the next thing I usually say is Jamie anywhere people can find you or read anything that you've written that might be interesting if they're interested in more on this topic yeah I, uh, <laughs> I posted a take about, about arts and I actually several but the most recent one is probably the most succinct on modernmythology.net mm -hmm. which is it used to be a group publication but now it's basically my blog so and, it's, yeah. and that's and that is linked in the show notes of this particular episode but okay. also if people want to follow you in general and about your see, well, jamespercio.com is just my portfolio 
portfolio page, I'll have like social media links and all that. Absolutely. Stuff. Thank you for joining us on this. Yeah, it's a great conversation. Yeah. Seth, what about you? Oh, Lord. All right. Lots of stuff going on. SethPolanskiLaw.com, www.SethPolanskiLaw.com is where you can find me for the legal side of things. We stream Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons three nights a week on Coven MTG, the Twitch oh, channel. Nice. Shop yeah. D&D. <laughs> awesome. Can we do a D&D uh, campaign wife... about like copyright law and somehow? Probably. Like, a wizard, like a, wizard, a big a bad monster. Can it... yeah. Well, I am DM Esquire, but at the end of the day, I try to keep my legal stuff out of the game because everybody hates a <laughs> rules lawyer player. You don't want a rules lawyer DM. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not a good request. thing. Not good at all. <laughs> That's and great. finally, my wife and I make independent documentary films. You oh, might wonderful. have seen Eye of the Beholder, The Art of Dungeons and Dragons. That one is ours. And we've got a film coming out this spring called Igniting the Spark, The Story of Magic the Gathering. And oh, that was cool. I saw that. <laughs> yeah, that's on, that's on Amazon right now. We're not sure where Igniting is going to land. Probably Amazon, maybe Netflix. I don't know. They, Netflix is shitty in that they only they do one time de- like one time payments. They don't yeah. do royalties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, if they want to give me enough money, fine. But at the end of the day, <laughs> We're small time, you know, we're small time <laughs> filmmakers and I'm not going to take their piddling little 5K for <laughs> Anyway, sorry, we go down the rabbit hole on this one. But, yeah, uh, capitalism. Uh, capitalism <laughs> bad. Yeah. I'm so yeah. happy to be part of the show where we finally have a tagline that is capitalism <laughs> bad. Yeah, well, yeah. We, we've had eugenics bad for several years now. I forget what episode that came from. <laughs> I don't even remember. Yeah. Someone, I don't know. I remember that I, well, I was talking about something and I was just like, and insemination, eugenics bad. Yeah. And then yeah. that just became a thing. If someone comments and lets us know when's the first time we said eugenics bad on the show, I'm really curious because I because I'm really bad at keeping track of stuff like that. This has uh, been literally years. But anyway, and let's see, Katya, where would people find you on the internet? I increasingly don't believe in the internet, so you can find me here. Technically, you can sort of kind of find me on Instagram, but I'm not a public account anymore. But, you know, you can try and follow me and then based off of the whims of how I'm feeling that day, I might let you. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, I didn't actually, I mean, I guess I, like, I do follow you, you know, you, you got like a I new post, haircut. It was you cute. Know, <laughs> on average, I think I'm now averaging now that I'm no longer on sewing Instagram. <laughs> I probably average like a post a year over the last three years. It's a little better than that, but yeah. <laughs> but anyway, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, all the places, always at Chris Maverick. You can follow the show, all those same places at Vox Popcast. You can follow the show's blog at www.voxpopcast.com where you can find out what we're talking about next week. And I've totally lost track of what that is. And it'll be fun. It'll be, you should show be, up anyway. It'll be fun. It'll be great. Just, I'm actually not even sure when this episode drops. I think there's a Christmas episode coming on, which there's no way Katya is showing up for that. So, you know, join and, me and unless, Hannah. Unless there are giant monsters shooting lasers through their eyeballs, <laughs> I will not be a productive addition to that conversation. Because <laughs> I am the Grinch and along with Wayne. And I am perfectly happy about that. Anyway, so but we'll be doing some episode next week that, that you should like go and comment on the blog and let us know your thoughts. Like I said, probably Christmas movies. Let us know your thoughts on that. Let us know your thoughts on this episode on the blog or on the Facebook page or on Twitter. Tweet us, you know, however you can get in touch with people. If you enjoy the show, and we certainly hope you do, then please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever the hell else you get podcasts from. And do us a favor, leave us a five-star review. If you leave us a five-star review, especially on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, that gooses the algorithm, makes us more popular, helps us out, and there will be a Christmas miracle. And you'll like, you know, like bots will follow us more. Like that's what I want. But you need to tell us that we are the best so that we you seed some AI somewhere so that it makes Vox Popcast more popular. And that's then we're going to feed all of our brains into an AI and it will just automatically make podcast episodes. Oh, that'd be so great. We'll we'll laugh. Daily. Just go on vacation forever. Yeah, and then go on vacation forever because obviously we make millions of this podcast. Right? Oh, yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> As we can all tell by the everything of this podcast. Yeah. Anyway, I would like to thank Maximilian of Vault 4 Music for our epic theme song building ever so more epically and playing us out. I'd once again like to thank our guests for joining us. I'd like to thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye! Bye! Robots are dead.